Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is Happy Monday. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor. I'm Michelle Pache, and I'm here today with Dr. Michael Rice. We warmly welcome you to the show, and thank you for choosing to be with us. Today is March 21st, 2016. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in the queue to talk with Michael. I encourage you to call in with comments or questions allowing you to practice and make this your show. So now let's welcome Michael and Dr. Tim in the process of learning and experiencing forgiveness. Awesome. Thank you, young lady, for that introduction, and thank you for being willing to uh, to fill in the show for Jeannie. I hope that uh, my sound comes across all right. You're liable to hear a few noises in the background. I'm actually coming to you live from Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. Gee, that sounded like a an intro, didn't it? We are, uh, we've got our whole family together, actually for the first time in uh, about eight years. We've got all the kids, <clears throat> right down to Adeline, who's four, and uh, so we're playing at Universal Studios today, and I just kind of uh, snuck off to the uh, to the backwoods here. Uh, there are roller coasters in view, there are all kinds of different things going on, so if there's a little bit of noise, I'll ask you to excuse me, but I kind of am in a, in a secure area with no security, so hopefully... If I if I need to leave in a hurry because somebody says you better get out of here, then you'll understand and maybe Dr. Tim you'll kick in if I uh, if I need to do that. You might hear microphone announcements in the background and such. But in any event, we're honored and you're delighted. We're delighted that you're here to uh, to share this space with us and to engage in this awesome process of learning first century Aramaic forgiveness. And I want to take a, a little different loo, look, pardon me, at uh, what it is that needs to be forgiven in order for people to live the kind of lives that most people say they would like to live. And, of course, that's one of aliveness, joy, abundance, creativity, and uh, just having an awesome time in the world. And there's a, uh, a 
piece of information, you know, when you when you look at this forgiveness process, we'll lay this thought out first that we live in a culture that tells us that forgiveness is about how I let you off the hook for what's happening inside of me. It's a total fraud. It's a total lie. Got Forgiveness has nothing to do with me letting you off the hook because there's something painful happening inside of me. If something painful is happening inside of me, I get to look at what's inside of me every time I'm in pain. Our culture has taught us that we should pretend that we have nothing to do with our pain, which is denial. We should hide our pain from ourselves and blame everybody else and then forgive them. Of course, that leads to the repeated cycle of trauma after trauma after trauma, because when we hide a trauma, of course, where do we hide it? But inside of ourselves. And it is guaranteed that once we hide something inside of ourselves, we'll get to do it again and again and again. Actually, there's a book title. I think it's called Why Is This Happening to Me Again? That's about that topic. And if you'd like to access more information, you can download the book free and all kinds, hundreds of hours of information about forgiveness on our website, which is www.whyagain.org. And if you go to the website and you scroll down oh, to about the middle of the home page, you'll see a red and white bullseye. And if you click on that bullseye, it will key you into just all kinds of information about forgiveness. The worksheet process, radio shows where we've gone through the whole process, custom instructions are at least 16 hours that you can download free to tell you how to use that worksheet. You know, buried in antiquity is the knowledge that we're responsible for and we are creators of what happens in our lives. And I say antiquity because it has been many, 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 many generations, I suspect, on planet Earth since anyone in pain stood up and said, you know something, I'm in pain, Charlie, you just triggered it for me, thank you for triggering it, now I think I'll remove or forgive my pain. Probably been a few generations since that's happened on the planet. And so we've created such a, a series of insane stories and hallucinations to pretend that somebody else is the cause of what's happening inside of us. And to really, truly get to the root of what's happening inside of us, we need to start to collapse those stories. First century Aramaic forgiveness is about how you collapse those stories and you get to live as a true human being. Our definition of a human is easy. Hold a newborn child, you know exactly what human life is. If you're not living with that awesome presence of love, then you have work to do if you want to actually recapture that space, which is where you started as the active presence of love. The world came in and put its thumbprints on us. Genes were activated with all kinds of denied and dissociated drama and trauma. And so here most of us live in a world where every time there's any form of pain or trauma, we're talking about somebody else. And actually, I think that's the third radio show in the links under the bullseye for the radio shows where there was a gentleman where we spent almost a whole hour getting him to back up and speak responsibly about himself instead of this pretense. It's a really powerful demonstration of the principle of how the mind can trick itself by talking about everything and everybody else and how that's all the cause of what's happening inside of us. We've got a little uproar going on in the distance here. I hope it's not going to last for long. 
and if that's interfering too much with the uh, with the sound of my voice, then maybe I need to move somewhere else because it sounds like it might be going on for a while. Looks like some sort of a new ride just opened. So, Michelle, if uh, if I'm still coming across clearly enough, let me know if you would. Or Dr. Tim, are we okay there? Loud and clear. Sign okay, Michael. awesome. Cool, cool. So our definition of forgiveness as opposed to I let you off the hook for what's happening inside of me is the tool with which I go inside myself and remove literally the root of my hostility, my fear, my sadness, my rage, my grief, my pain, my drama, my trauma. I literally have to drop the story that what I'm feeling is caused by or about somebody other than myself And when I do, then I can start to move to the root of the part of me that sets up the drama or the trauma. And so I'm going to take a little different perspective. There's an article that was just written about a principle in physics and gravitational fields. It's just a short article I'd like to share with you. And it talks about Einstein's prediction literally 100 years ago, 1916. Einstein predicted these gravitational fields. And this uh, article was written by a physicist who has come up or someone came up with a simple explanation of how uh, these gravitational fields work or how to imagine them. It's an explanation, actually a, a similar one. This one's actually a 2D explanation. I'll, uh, I'll share with you our 3D explanation we've been using for decades to understand this. But how this relates to we as human beings, I'll talk about in just a few minutes. So this article is entitled, Quantum Physics Science Discovery of the Century. Gravitational waves explained perfectly in one par- paragraph. The importance of the detection of gravitational waves, as predicted by Albert Einstein 100 years ago, has been captured in a great one-paragraph explanation of this scientific breakthrough. Posted on Reddit, the description was among a series offered in a section of the forum website that asks users to explain like I'm five. And... One answer to the query was, why is today's announcement of the discovery of gravitational waves important, and what are the ramifications? The user said they'd explained the discovery of ripples in the fabric of space-time to a pair of five-year-olds earlier that day, and they wrote, you know how when you throw a rock into a pool and there are ripples? And how, if we throw bigger rocks into the pools, they make bigger ripples? Well, a long time ago, a really smart guy named Einstein said that the stars and the planets and stuff should make ripples in space. And he used some really cool math to explain why he thought that. Lots of people checked out the math and agreed that he was right but we've never been able to see these ripples before. Albert Einstein predicted the existence of gravitational waves in 1916 as part of his theory of relativity. He said massive objects moving in space would cause ripples in space-time or gravitational waves. A number of figures have come close to proving their existence from Russian physicists to researchers at MIT with two American scientists coming closest in 1993. 
They continue with the article and say, now some people built a really sensitive measuring thing, really scientific terms here, measuring thing that uses lasers to see them. And they proved that with this device that these waves can be seen. And they're much like ripples from a really big splash. So now we know how to see them, and we can't get better at it, which will really help us to learn more about space. The sensitive measuring thing is a twin laser interferometer gravitational wave observatory, uh, which is in Louisiana, and there's one in Washington, Washington, D.C. The really big splash that the detectors have measured is the merging of two massive black holes about 1.3 billion years ago whose ripples are still washing past the Earth. One amateur scientist praised the answer. He said, I read this response, and it left me dumber than before. This one really helped. So someone, a scientist who is trying to understand this concept, all of a sudden, from this simple explanation, was able to understand uh, more about these waves. Now, if you've been in the Why Is This Happening to Me Again workshop for the last couple of decades, when we talk about this idea of high-energy waves that leave the mind when we think a thought, I invite people to imagine, rather than a 2D picture like you'd see from rocks dropping into a pool, let's get a 3D picture of how this works and we'll be more accurate. Imagine yourself standing underwater in the pool with a pail of water in your hand. And you're spinning around underwater, swinging this pail out in front of you. That is what these gravitational waves would look like. Going off in 360 degrees behind the pail, in front of the pail, to the left, to the right, to the top, to the bottom, we would see these waves moving out from the pail. Now, that's what Einstein says causes gravitation. My offering is how this relates, because what's that got to do with healing your mind, is that you work just like the universe, except you don't throw rocks into space that you create gravity. The drawing force, you throw thoughts. And that works precisely the same way to bring you results. You know, we've talked about the law of resonance, and that resonance is a... a, a energetic law that creates motion and so we use the example of imagine I'm holding a middle C tuning fork and I put it in front of a second middle C tuning fork tap the first tuning fork on the desk and put it in front of the second and the second tuning fork begins to move and that's the law of resonance the law of energy exchange in the human realm it goes to another level because we are live beings when we engage in a thought. You know, you, it, it's easy to tell that there's a lot of energy moving in you when you think a thought. If you think a thought that for you resonates a lot of trauma, it's pretty clear that there's energy moving in you. People begin to tremble, the emotions come, the tears come. There's obviously an energy moving inside when one thinks a thought. Well, when you recognize that that energy is moving, it's just like the person who's standing under the 
uh, underwater with the pail. When that energy moves within us, at the same time as that energy moves, there are waves that come off of or radiate from that moving thought. And that's the gravitational field that transforms this law of resonance in the human realm into not only creating motion, but gravitation, motion toward. So when I think of thought, a thought of hatred, a thought of fear, a thought of grief, a thought of sadness, I'm literally setting up a high-energy gravitational wave that's going to draw to me whoever is in resonance with that energy. So if there's somebody around who has a similar energy, just like the middle C tuning fork, when I hold it in front of a second middle C tuning fork, that second tuning fork starts to vibrate. If I hold it in front of a middle A tuning fork, nothing happens to the middle A tuning fork because there's no resonance. So when I think a thought, and you go to the opening words in the book of John and this, these people who understood physics 2,000 years ago, we have a little difficulty translating it perhaps, but you hear the opening words in the book of John. They tell us that they say in Greek, in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh. But in Aramaic, that's not what it says. What it says is in the beginning was the mind energy, and the mind energy became flesh. Literally, mind energy engaged in brings you flesh and blood experience. And Einstein gave us the key to understanding. Marcel Vogel was the one who introduced me to the camera with which you take a picture of the high energy waves that leave the mind when we think a thought. About three decades ago, I used to keynote very regularly at a conference called Global Science, and one year, uh, Marcel Vogel showed up with a camera called the Delaware Camera, a camera with which you could take a picture of the high-energy waves that leave the mind when we think a thought. So imagine you're standing underwater and swinging a pail around, and as you swing that pail, these waves are moving out from you. When you think a thought, there are molecules, atoms moving in you that create a similar wave. And they create gravitation. They create an attractive field that draws somebody to you. Now, the reason why it's important to understand that is because if you find yourself playing the game of why is this happening to me again over and over and over again, then by playing that why is this happening to me again game, you start wondering, you know, why, why is everybody like this? Why are they doing this to me again? And without the recognition that you're involved in creating the gravitational field that pulls these people toward you through resonance, that attracts that energy, and you know, the, it's, it, we've, we've heard a lot about the law of attraction and people using the law of attraction to get their stuff, uh, and my take is that if that's what one's using the law of attraction for, then their, their law of attraction is nothing but the law of distraction, because it will distract them from the real reason to understand the principles, and that is that if I'm creating an experience and I don't like it, and that experience shows up, and I respond out of the same brain cells as those that created the gravitational field that pulled somebody in to do it with me or to me again, then I just energetically increase the pattern, reinforce the pattern. The more I rage at it, the more I rail against it, the more I fight against it. You go back to Yeshua and he says, resist not evil. The more I fight against it, try to change it, punish it, 
run away from it, push it away from me, kill the people involved, the more I intensify the very pattern in myself which created the attractive field and the gravitation that pulled that experience to me. Once I wake up and recognize that I'm involved in my life and that I pull things to me and my feelings do not come from what I pull toward me, but rather my feelings come from what's happening inside of me. If I live in the world of denial, and denial is thinking or speaking as though something outside of me is the cause of what's happening inside of me, then I have no access to what's happening inside of me directly, and I will tend to respond out of that energy that's moving in me and continue to reinforce, reinforce, reinforce the patterns. What first century Aramaic forgiveness does is it shows you how to access the root energy that set up the gravitational field, the high energy wave, in the first place. And that root energy, when exposed to love, all of a sudden is transformed or transmuted, and you become free of the pattern. That's the power of forgiveness. Remember, the word forgive means remove. It doesn't mean let somebody else off the hook. Now, again, if you haven't engaged in that, go to our website, whyagain.org, W-H-Y-A-G-A-I-N.org, and click the bullseye. A whole series of links will walk you into and through the forgiveness process. It can also be useful. You'll notice over on the right-hand side of the homepage, there are a series of, of, of social media links. The bottom link is a little red square with an arrow in it, and that is the link to our YouTube page. If you look down the list, you'll see in particular, now there are dozens and dozens of videos there for you to watch, but there's one that's 24 minutes long that is a PowerPoint presentation on the process of forgiveness. Watch that it will show you precisely. I mean, it will take you through, and thank you, Bill Costantino, for all your years of dedicated work to know how to create a PowerPoint that, that's, that is that specific, that we could take 35 years of my study and work to understand how this forgiveness process operates and share it with you. We can shortcut your process by 35 years. Watch that video. It's absolutely awesome. And so we're here to support you in understanding how your creative process works, waking up to the fact that if you're in a why is this happening to me again, the solution to the why is this happening to me again experience is not outside of you, but rather is inside of you. And we're here to support you and guide you in going deeper and deeper and deeper inside yourself and experiencing the truth of who you are as that newborn energy, that awesome, sweet presence of love. And so, Dr. Tim, do you have any thoughts in that direction? Well, sure. I have thoughts in that direction. Well, share them with us. I have, I, I have thoughts about how wonderful it is that you're together with your family in Disney World and enjoying that. It is awesome. I have thoughts about, you know, listening to you the past few times you've been um, doing intros and getting the um, discussion going about, you know, what it takes to release and what we have to go through. I was thinking in terms of how a couple times when you haven't been here within the past year, I've talked about things like 
this work is so powerful that it is one of the reasons it's so powerful is that it's accessible to anybody who can read anybody who's at the first level of of being an initiate in this work never done any spiritual work never done any psychological self-help work and if you can read and follow the instructions on the worksheet process you can put it to work in your life and it's also available to help people who think they are at the highest level of spiritual development you know ascended masters etc because just like you're talking about these gravitational wave forces that from galaxies that smashed together millions of years ago it's if it works that way here today it worked that way 2 billion years ago across the galaxy or across several galaxies these universal laws these ways the world works just happen and so these tools the forgiveness process and the tools that you've assembled and made available to people are available to help people with a minor disruption with a conflict with a relative or somebody in a traffic incident and powerful in helping dismantle the negative energies that might get resonated from those events. And they're also available when I'm ready and when I have the need to help me dismantle hundreds of generations of garbage in my family bloodline. And I don't have to do the dismantling of hundreds of generations of garbage in my family bloodline to apply the tool to an upset I had this afternoon and find relief. And that's what I really enjoy. One of the many things I really enjoy about these tools is their accessibility from the first-level initiate all the way up to someone who's a practiced um, trainer or master to help people go to the next level wherever they are. So those are my thoughts. Cool. Well, I'm in harmony, and uh, it uh, it seems like the um, the laws of living intensive that we just completed in Orlando. You know, the the processing that happened there was beyond extremely intense, and it seems like it's kind of cranked the energy of everything up to you know ratcheted it up one more notch to another level, and so it's uh, it's pretty exciting to be on the receiving end of that as a teacher and a student to to keep the eternal studentship moving and to keep learning and learning and learning it's just amazing and the the intensity of the experience is just most amazing and such a sweet gift in my life that uh I am filled with appreciation for that and I'm filled with appreciation for the fact that this is the first time in eight years that we have all of our kids together and grandkids, and we're just having a blast. So it's pretty cool. And uh, if you're hearing little noises in the background, that's because I'm at Universal Studios in Orlando, if you weren't here when we first started. And so a little bit of noise here, but it seems like it's working all right. Well, let's check in with Michelle and see if uh, if there's anybody in the phone queue with a hand up or anything happening in the chat room for us to be aware of. 
Michelle? Well, Michael, I think what we should do is say hello to Julie. Have her stay. Oh, it's Monday. Monday. I totally forgot it was Monday. We've got so much going on. Julie, how are you, young lady? I am good. How are you? We're awesome, and, you know, just before the show, I'm running around Universal Studios where there's so much noise. I totally forgot that it was Monday, but anyway, I found a relatively quiet place here. I think it's fantastic that you've got the whole family together. Jeannie texted me and let me know, so that's so, so great. And I loved your intro. It was just perfect. I am enjoying the show. I don't really have too much to add to it except that you know that I talked to two of your students that went to that intensive, and they said it was absolutely a phenomenal intensive. And definitely a lot of stuff came up and a lot of healing, and they were so enjoying the end result of it. You know, they had great time. That was pretty pretty awesome, pretty sweet. And the uh, the nine day, especially codependence to interdependence, was also uh, very powerful. So putting it all together, we had 32 days of intensives, and it was uh, it was quite a happening uh, through that time period and the uh, the space. We're actually looking to see what uh, what happens next with our next uh, series of intensives in in Heartland and. This summer we've got our schedule set already, so anybody that's ready to take things to the next level. One of the uh, the, the realizations that came to me, I actually spoke to someone just a, a couple of days after the intensive, and they were speaking about some really, really, I mean, deep, serious stuff happening in their lives. And, and just it kind of struck me in a new way that the kind of depth, that people need to go to when there's some serious things happening in their lives is not the sort of thing that people usually are able to do on their own. It takes being in a space of intensive support like Dr. Tim offers, like you offer to people on the phone when you're working with them, like an intensive, like Jeannie offers to people when she's working with them on the phone. It takes another level of energy to get to those deeper processes. And uh, so, and, and, of course, the radio show opens those spaces, too. We had some pretty intense stuff happening last week. I thought it was pretty awesome and have heard from several people how it impacted them and uh, and opened a new space for them to see how the tools work, how resistance works, how willingness works. So it's all it's amazing how it all works together. It certainly is. You've done a fantastic job of processing people almost all week long last week. That was a pretty intense week, wasn't it? That It actually it worked just like the intensive. It did. It did. I, and I really uh, think uh, it was a great demonstration on um, on how patient you were and how you came back at them and allowed them to, you know, have their say. And then, you know, you poked again and said, you know, you might want to take a look at that. And I thought it was really a, a very good example of, you know, showing some resistance and, uh, you know, keeping the space of love and, you know, it really was very powerful. Very powerful. Poke, Julie. Me poke, not me. Yes, yes, yes. Certainly you did. never. <laughs> Gently. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes it takes. You know, most people won't push themselves to that edge on their own. That's why, and and it it that's what came through to me uh, in this intensive. You know, after forty years or more of doing intensives. That's um, kind of the main thing that came through to me is that people won't go to that level on their own. They just 
they just won't because the resistance is so great. What most people will do when they're pushed against the wall, against what they've been hiding from themselves, is they'll go off and find a way to drug themselves or avoid rather than go right to the middle of it. And that's part of the beauty of, you know, having the fresh and raw food. Ari did an awesome job on the food this uh, this month of intensives in Orlando. It was was kind of interesting. Uh, you know, we've how many years has Ari worked on helping us to put together the recipes book, 25 years. And I think he maybe in the whole 32 days prepared maybe three recipes that were in that book. I mean, he did everything brand new. And at, at one point it was kind of fun because it was just, we, we were in a space different than Heartland where the kitchen was part of the, um, of the classroom. So Ari's sitting at the prep table in class while he's prepping food. And at one point I, I actually kind of quietly as Ari was totally focused, invited everybody to turn around and watch Ari operate because he had this, one of these, you know, big clear plastic bowls uh, filled with food. And it was clear what was happening was he was tapping in intuitively and, and he was asking the food what it wanted or needed and it was just such an awesome space to watch that happening, and everybody was able to observe it. And, I mean, he literally created a whole new month, three meals a day of new recipes. It was pretty amazing. You know, I think we're going to have to get Magda. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. We're going to have to get Magda back in the kitchen next summer to uh, to get them all written down, if Magda's listening. So, so do we have anybody uh, with a hand up, Michelle, or anything happening in the chat room to be aware of? Yeah, actually, we've had um, someone with a hand up, area code 207. Uh, your microphone's on. Who do we have? Hello, Michael. 207. Hello, Michael. It's the captain. Hey, Cap, how are you doing? I'm uh, much better. I'm, uh, cool. Peeled a few layers away? Um, yeah, they're still feeling, but I'd say last week uh, was more intensive than any week I've ever had. And you made a statement that people aren't willing to peel the layers off. I don't think people can peel the layers off without somebody guiding them. Get well, into that brain state. Yep. When you get into that brain state, because I'm, I'm in a different brain state now, and the, the peaceful mind that I'm in now, the sense mind that I'm in now, I can still feel the hurt and the rage in last week. But when I rage in last week, I could not feel the peaceful state at all. Right. Well, that's, that's one of the benefits, you know, that's one of the benefits of doing your work. And if you go back to Yeshua 2000 years ago, he talks about that when he says, I will give you the peace that passes all understanding. In other words, you know, the average person in in their mental states say, well, peace would look like, oh, well, you know, he, me having lots of food to eat and a nice place to stay and everybody doing what I want. Then I'd be peaceful. There's no war around me. That would be peaceful. And, and that's what the mind's interpretation is. But Yeshua offers something else. When you open to bring a reconnection to that state of being – then the mind can still be in its turmoil, as you're saying. I can see it. I can feel it. 
but I'm not lost there. That's what he was talking about, the peace that passes understanding. That's not rational to the rational mind. But that's the benefit. That's the uh, the that's like the, the the carrot being held out in front of us for doing the work. So that's awesome. Nice work. I know you were in some intense, intense spaces last week, and I acknowledge the willingness that you came forward with was pretty awesome. You still there, Cap? I think we lost them. Michelle, is uh, is he still connected? 207 still connected? Okay, I'm back, Mike. I lost the comments. She's just, Michelle just unmuted me. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, um, what, was, what was your question? I'm sorry. Oh, just just explaining what I explained and, uh, and delighted to, uh, and honoring you in your willingness to go to that intensive space and to stick with it and, you know, the average person, when it gets that intense, they can't stop running their minds long enough to hear. And I acknowledge your ability, and I, I got the kind of intensity you were in. I was just acknowledging your ability to to stop your mind long enough to listen and consider and then do your next piece of work. That's, I mean, that's the kind of thing that happens in intensive that that most people as you say, can't get to on their own. Yeah, it was um, it was pretty intense. Unfortunately, I think I've done so much damage to the relationship on the other side that they're not interested in really pursuing it any longer. Well, so, I'll hold the I mean, space. I'll hold this. Yeah, I'll hold the space that you know. Last week, your clouds were surfacing, and you're trying to see through the clouds and function through the clouds. And uh, what I hear you saying is right now some of her clouds are surfacing and she's working to function through the clouds. And, you know, all those clouds of hostility, fear, rage, guilt, grief, pain, drama, and trauma have to surface for healing. And so I hold the space yeah. that uh, the perfect result is there and uh, that that if there's not a coming back together in that relationship, that the healing that you've both done opens a space for each of you to move to the next level of aliveness in your world and in your, your relationships. Yes. Thank you for that. Thank you. For that. I'm going to give her the love and care space that she needs and we'll see awesome. where it goes. And thank you for everything well, without the tools space. that I, without the tools that you've given me. And, 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 and really it was last week. It was, it was more than the tools that you gave me. It was the friendship and the guidance that you took me through to just show me because I had nobody to show me, and I thank you so much for that. Yeah, All the tools it's, of the world bizarre. would not help me last week without you. Yeah. It's bizarre that we live in a world that this understanding that's been around for thousands of years has been lost. It's crazy, and the unnecessary suffering that happens, I, I lament that that still goes on. And, you know, each of us who passes through that gate, and we all have to pass through that gate, becomes one more notch in the belt of critical mass of the possibility of this space being what we all live in right from day one, from birth. 
So I join you in being that space in your world and others too. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, is there anything we can support you with that's up for you today? No, sir. Um, I just want to call and say thank you. And have fun with Well, I am family. honored. And I keep you on a safe blog. Thank you, and I'm honored to be on your team and to be your friend and to uh, to be that space. Thank so you, sir. I look forward to the next time we get face-to-face. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Love and blessings. Take care. Bye-bye. Love and blessings. Okay, you, bye-bye. I got bye-bye. it. I receive it. Uh, Michelle, was that Tim I heard back there? Uh, Tim's still here. <clears throat> okay, I heard another male voice. I thought it was Tim. Any other thoughts for you, Tim, before we go back to the phones, if there is anything happening there? Well, I would just echo what what Julie said about the intensity, and I think I I sent you a private message congratulating you on your work on the show, and I just have to echo it. It was a, a, a real powerful week. Yeah, I think that was due to the um, ratcheting up of the energy from the laws of living intensive. I think that's what really what really opened the space and moved things. So that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Well, Michelle, do we have anybody else with a hand up or anything happening in the uh, chat room that we should be aware of? Are you with me, Michelle? Have you got your mute button on? Oh, yeah. We've got about uh, 20 minutes. No, the chat room is quiet. We've got several people listening and several people on the switchboard, but nobody with a hand up right Okay, well, you know, if you're sitting back there, if if you'd uh, heard the uh, the conversation so far at your local library, you were sitting in the audience or your local church or your local university, and Tim and I and Michelle have been sitting there having this conversation. What would your question be? I know that you've probably got at least a dozen in your mind. Now, sometimes people hesitate to touch one because, you know, I don't know if my voice will be strong enough or I might my voice might be shaking. You know, just let go of your need for all of that. And your question is what's really important. How can we support you? in understanding what this healing process really looks like, feels like, and how it's done. And how can we open the door for the next piece of work that you're ready to do and support you in doing it? Because that's our reason for doing this show. And we do have, you know, if you've... uh, if this is benefiting you, you can go to whyagain.org, and there are over 1,400 hours now of radio shows where we've been having these conversations and covering just uh, a whole series of tools. Of course, Wednesdays, we have Recovery Wednesday, where we're looking at specifically a tie-in with addiction, and uh, rare is the person in our culture that doesn't have addictions, And uh, our our definition of an addiction is the compulsive use of any person, place, substance, circumstance, or activity to avoid following their guidance. That would be listening to conscience. Or in order to not feel and deal with what's going on inside of them. And so if you uh, join us on Wednesdays, that's uh, the direction of our conversation. So it takes a little bit of a turn, but 
it's still a similar conversation. And if we can support you, that's what we're here to do, to open that space and that understanding. So if you push one and you're in the phone queue, your hand will go up, and without any waiting, we'll be having a conversation. And that's what we'd like to do, because always it goes to a new level when somebody has a personal question. Well, beyond that, you know, if you if you go back into the ancient Aramaic, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting language. It's a language that actually reflects the the shape of the letters in the Aramaic language are actually three D shadows of the structure of atoms as they move. That's some research work. If you want to look that up and get tapped into that a little more, some research work of a man named Stan Tannen, and uh, it's some pretty awesome stuff. And as far as I know, it's the only language that's rooted in the actual physics of the creation. Every other language I would offer, it's probably the single language that was spoken about before the Tower of Babel and before everybody went away babbling in their own languages. And, you know, today we're babbling in English or somebody speaking French or German or Russian or any of those other languages. They're all babble. They're all well, we've agreed sort of to a set of meanings for certain words, but then, you know, there's a place where the meaning of our words breaks down and communication is blocked because of that. But the Aramaic, when we get back to that language, and I can remember when I first was introduced to the Aramaic, uh, it it was just with my background being in electronics and, and physics, it was clear to me that this was a physics language. When they were talking about a little leavening leavens the whole loaf, they weren't talking about bread. They were talking about critical mass and physics. And so when you understand, you know, when they said mind energy becomes flesh, they were talking about physics and the way that we interact with the world. And the the level of comprehension of the unconscious mind the physics of the universe, the physics of, of our own physiology and relationships is unparalleled in today's world. And so as you engage yourself on deeper and deeper levels, you'll find that there are just so many pieces of understanding to be had that it's monumental. And so if we can support you in understanding the physics of what's going on in your world, the science of healing, and when we're talking about healing, we're not talking about somebody taking a potion in order to ameliorate symptoms. We're talking about, uh, Michelle, could you maybe mute? Uh, I, I'm hearing a lot of noise in the background. I don't think it's coming from my microphone, but uh, I'm hearing a lot of like a scraping sound in the background. Maybe if we could see if we can mute that, that would be cool. Hey, that's better. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. yeah. All right, that was Julie, but um, just so she knows whatever was happening next time. Thanks. Ah, okay, cool. So 646, if you're in one of those stations that we don't have in our control panel, we can't see you, 646-200-4169 is the way to have a conversation with us. And so if you call in and you push 1, if you're in the uh, phone queue now and you have a question or a thought for us, push one, and that will open the space for you to ask your question. How can we support you? 
there's a little story that I like to tell about the Aramaic and and the uh, understanding the uh, the definition of words and the fact that the Aramaic language is a deeply idiomatic language and an idiom is something that is spoken in normal words but has an extraordinary meaning and so I, I like to use a little example of uh, a series of idioms that are so simple to us that nobody could misunderstand what's being said but let's imagine that we take the story I'm about to tell you, it's just a few words, and we put it in a time capsule. Now, we're going to make it English 2,000 years from now. And imagine 2,000 years from now, somebody opens this time capsule and reads about my day at the office. Now, we're not going to go through, you know, four or five different cultures and languages, just same language, English 2,000 years from now. Now, you and I will know exactly what I'm saying and speaking about, but what's somebody going to think 2,000 years from now when they open this time capsule? And they hear that this morning I went to work and I found myself in a pickle with my boss and that she canned me. I went to my desk to clean it out, had to go to the can, came back, finished cleaning out my desk, went home and my wife was in the kitchen canning, and she said, help me if you can, and I said, I can't. Now, that's a pretty simple description of my day. But imagine somebody 2,000 years from now trying to comprehend and understand that. And that's just a simple, straightforward, easy, nothing to it, no depth, no, no deep meanings, no deep psychological, spiritual meanings or anything else. How deeply do you suppose we've lost the meaning of Aramaic words when we went from Aramaic to Greek, from Greek to Latin, from Latin to Old English, from Old English to Modern English, how much do you suppose has been lost in the deeper nuances of what the words that were spoken by this man, Yeshua, 2,000 years ago really meant? When he says a little leavening leavens the whole loaf, was he actually talking about bread? Obviously not. That's an idiom. What did it mean? It meant that when we could get a critical mass of people who were actually restored to the presence of love, who could actually live the first law, and as Dr. Tim said earlier, law is something that just happens. It is not the rule of the superior, as our culture tells us. So when they ask Yeshua, what's the first law? He says, in Greek, the Greeks translated as love your neighbor. Not at all what it says in Aramaic. In Aramaic, what it says is have rachma for your neighbor, and the word neighbor means anybody that you think about. So this statement in Aramaic was not about your neighbor. It was about how you keep your mind on track as the best possible device for creating your life, for setting up the gravitational waves that will draw to you experiences. So in Aramaic, the word that was used that the Greeks translated as love is the word rachma. And it turns out that rachma is a filter over the frontal lobes of the brain that when active, one, is a gateway for human life to enter the human form, 
And two is a filter that keeps perception on track with love so that everything that your mind generates is powered by the active presence of love. And I'd offer that we as human beings are designed to be literally powered. Our minds, our emotions, our bodies are designed to be powered by the presence of love. If we unplug from the power supply, then the device doesn't work very well. So what Yeshua was saying 2,000 years ago is, if you want your life to go well, whenever you think of neighbor, that is anybody that you think about, whenever you think of the creator, you maintain this condition called Rachma, and by so doing, you will maintain awareness of your human life. You will continue to live in your world, even if there's drama and trauma going on around you, as the active presence of love. If you weren't on the show, and we thank you, Cap, for uh, for calling in and, and sharing uh, the the end result of the processing we did last week, but if you listen to a couple days last week, we had some really deep, intense conversations with Cap. And processing, and and in our work, we define processing as the capacity to keep love conscious, active, and present when something less than love comes up, that processing these things based in fear and sadness and grief and loss and rage is what frees us from the emotional impact of those things. There's an awesome film. If you haven't seen it yet, I suggest you... I I think it's still in theaters, but you can buy it pretty cheaply now on Amazon. I happen to believe that this film is one of the most important events in all of human history. And the reason that I put that out there is that what this film does is it shows with great clarity precisely how the human mind works and how we can get lost in it. And then it shows how to recover from the loss of your human life. What you have to do in order to make that shift. The reason why I think that's one of the most important events in human history is because this cartoon, based in you know a story about a, a, a little girl who's born into the world, and they clearly show this human being inside of a body, and her walk through some painful experiences that become painful for her her getting lost in long-term memory, and then her being recovered from this state of fear and sadness and grief. And it just demonstrates so powerfully the healing principles. Why is this such an important event in human history? Because it's done on a level where a four-year-old can understand it. A four-year-old can see through what's going on in the mind, and this set of tools is universally available. It is literally available on a global scale. I have no idea how many languages Disney's put this film into, but I suspect it's been many. And over time, I'm sure it will go into more and more and more languages. Having that level of understanding available is unprecedented on planet Earth and is probably one of the most important events in human history. So if you haven't seen the movie Inside Out yet... Order it, watch it once a week for at least two or three months. Build brain cells, and it is phenomenal. 
And it looks like we're down to about uh, three minutes, so uh, we've got time for a quick question if anybody has a, a thought for us. If you push one and you're in the phone queue, we'll be having a chat. Push the button. Michael, it looks like you um, framed a goal. I don't know that anybody um, accepted that goal for themselves. Oh, well. For the right way. Set it. Oh, well. Anything on your mind? Any thoughts for you today? Anything to share? Any uh, insights or questions for us? Oh, look at the time. I I do have to um, personally admit that um, post-intensive shake-up, shake-down, you know, stirring, moving, healing is quite apparent. Little tsunami. Yeah, when you you enter that level of space, it definitely shifts the whole field around. Yeah, and um, what's nice is that it also positively impacts the people that I work with. You know, anybody who's in my field, I see little um, reverberations as well, which is cool. Yeah, that that was what really, uh, you know, why I read that little article from Reddit about gravitational fields and Einstein's discovery is that that's exactly how we work. And literally, we are a gravitational field for experiences. And if we're filled with generations of rage and guilt and grief and fear and drama and trauma, then we tend, through our gravitational field, to pull all kinds of rage and fear and grief and drama and trauma out of people. And so here we are, if we're unconscious and respond out of those things in ourselves, instead of wake up from them and realize we don't need to respond from those things, we can respond from the active presence of love. Then... You know, a whole different game ensues because we literally change that gravitational field. And the person who yesterday stood in front of us, you know, in their raging, screaming fit, perhaps, all of a sudden, because we're in a different resonant space, sending out different waves, that same person all of a sudden turns to love, turns to caring, turns to sweetness. It's just, you know, and people call it a miracle, and it's miraculous that any of it happens, but... You know, the fact is it's very understandable, and we can purposely, consciously create miracles if we're willing to do our work. And that's the beauty of the tools. So we're delighted and honored that you're on the team and appreciate you uh, jumping in to uh, to take care of the switchboard this week. Well, Jeannie's off playing. We've got uh, Jeannie's son and daughter-in-law, and uh, her parents have come down to join us as well. We've got my son, Michael J., and my daughter, Krista, and her husband, Aaron, and they've brought uh, his daughter, Ashland, and their daughter, Krista. So we've got a, a group of nine here, and we're just, uh, when I finish the show, I'm going to go back and find them somewhere in the park and uh, and get to play at uh, Universal Studios in Florida. So hold the space for us to be having some awesome family time together. And we no, hold the space okay. for you. That uh, Go ahead. No, I would say that, that sounds wonderful and you're, you know, building memories for a lifetime. And I really think with all those characters at Universal, that you and Jeannie can, you know, get together with Patrick and SpongeBob or Dora and Shrek and Fiona. I don't know. 
we need some um, we need some photographic evidence of how much fun you had. Yes, Jeannie's got the camera and she's taking lots of pictures. I've got one or two with my phone, but uh, we've got lots of pictures going, and uh, we will be posting them on Facebook for sure. Good deal. Thank you, Michael. We also we also brought uh, the uh, Inside Out movie. We're planning the uh, my daughter and her husband are going to take an evening to uh, to go do a date and and do their own thing and so we're going to watch Inside Out and uh, Adeline who's four has brought her Inside Out dolls and uh, so we're going to be playing with the Inside Out movie while they're uh, they're here so that's pretty cool all right well we're down to the last few seconds so I'm just going to say thank you for joining us create the best year yet of your eternal life it's an awesome gift to give blessings Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and myself, Jeannie Rice, as we present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. We are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael or myself or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.why. A-G-A-I-N dot org. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.